you only have this one shot it it this one life like you're only going to have this one amazing journey of your life once so if your options are it it was safe but i had like a nice house and i always had a comfortable vehicle to drive around in and blah 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 but i felt but i felt safe the entire time financially and stuff if that's one option and the other option is like well i don't know what things are going to happen to me financially but i'm going to try really hard to do all this super cool shit that has to be your choice right I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a fire truck driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. On today's episode, we have me as the guest on my own show with my beautiful wife, Asta, interviewing me. And pretty much all of the questions came from you guys, from listeners writing in with things that they wanted to hear about. It was super fun and exciting and surprisingly nerve-wracking for me to get interviewed for my own show. So if you guys have ever wondered anything about me or my origins for starting the show or anything like that, all that kind of stuff will be talked about here in the episode. So Without further ado, here is me. Blake, thanks so much for being on the show. Dude, thank you for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so excited, actually honored to be interviewing you for your 100th episode. Um, it's just been so cool to be on this journey with you and see how much has changed over um, what's been almost a year. Um, it'll be a year in July, right? Since you started yeah, yeah. the podcast. Awesome. And I also wanted to give a special shout out to the listeners who wrote in and asked questions, um, specifically Brady Morris, um, Dasha Cavarina, Darius K, Jim Wartner, Kristen Smith, um, newsletter.me. And sorry if I butchered any of those names. But um, yeah, so awesome to get some questions from listeners. And Speaking of questions, let's jump right in. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Blake, first things first, what uh, inspired you to start this podcast? So kind of a couple of things. One would be uh, dissatisfaction with my previous job, which is something that I'll probably go into more at some point during the interview. Um, and then the other thing is I absolutely love podcasts like i was on the podcast train very early in the podcast game like i was listening to podcasts in probably 2007 or so i would say and i i just always loved them as this medium to not have to be forced to listen to something on your way to work or not have to be forced to listen to something when you're at the gym or when you have a work trip or whatever it is. And it's so nice that there's so many wonderful podcasts and like even a lot of the early ones that were out, like stuff you should know and stuff like that, that you could spend that like 45 minutes on a commute or in the gym or whatever it is. And you could actually learn something new. Like I, I I'm kind of a, uh, like a knowledge fiend, as you know, like I love learning. Yes. <laughs> so it was so cool for me to be, to like arrive at work and rather than having some like local idiot on the radio, like talking to me for the 45 minutes, I would get to work and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I know the science behind a hangover now. Like mm -hmm. I, in those 45 minutes, I figured that out. And that was so just like fun and inspiring and cool to me, but it, w it never occurred to me as something that you can do. And I think that a lot of things like that are, or I think there, there's a lot of things like that for a lot of people, right? Where you, there's something that you know that would be really cool, mm -hmm. but it's like, that's for someone else. That's mm -hmm. not for me. Mm -hmm. Like my, this other thing is my path. So let's say you're listening to this right now and you're a computer engineer or something and you work to be a computer engineer through college. And th that's like the path that you were on. Then you you talk to somebody and they're like, oh, I'm a scuba instructor in Thailand. And, you know, I just like gave up everything and like that's what I do now. I'm a scuba instructor in Thailand. For a lot of people, when you hear something like that, 
And for me, subconsciously, I think back then listening to podcasts and being really inspired by them and thinking how cool they were, it's, it's again, it's like, okay, that's this cool thing that other people are doing, Mm -hmm. but like, I can't be a part of that. Like, you know, um, and whether we like say it to ourselves like that and acknowledge it or not, it's still kind of there, like in your subconscious, you know? And, uh, so anyways, as I got older and wiser and braver and whatever, um, that coalesced with, like I said, my dissatisfaction with my job. And I realized that I, I, there, there was this kind of niche in, in podcasting that seemed to be missed a little bit, which was there's a lot of great podcasts where uh, like a like a stuff you should know or something where they explain how something works or how something goes down yeah um and then there's a lot of interview-based podcasts where they talk to people that are great in their field and the entire time they're basically just talking about yeah first of all they're probably a celebrity second of all they're talking about how they're great and that's it um so the which i love a lot of podcasts like that because i i'm i don't know very into self-motivation and whatever else but Mm -hmm. uh I felt like there was this opportunity being missed of just like, well, I don't want to know what it's like to be great and how to be great. I want to know what it's actually like to just be the mailman or Mm. to just be the guy that like uh, made this beer that's in my hand right now. Um, And not like what makes you the best beer man in the world, but just like what makes you a beer man, period. Mm. Like just a a one at all. Like, can you tell me that at least, you know, Um, there's so much hidden in the world around us that makes it so much more rich and beautiful when you know a little bit of something about it. Um, And yeah, I think that again, to take it back that that's what always that I loved about a podcast like stuff you should know is that then when I got a hangover, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I know something about this hangover I have right now. And it's so cool for me to have this podcast where now when I uh, speak to someone that does a certain job, it's like, Oh my gosh, I know about that job. I I know kind of some things about what you do for a living. Um, And it, it makes your day to day life just like a little bit brighter and more exciting to have that. Yeah, totally. And I feel like you are so good at telling everybody else, what you know as well like you're really good um messenger of like knowledge basically so i feel like all of us get all of your friends and family get to benefit from that too which is really cool love you babe (laughs) i love you (laughs) all right so wow that was a lot next question so you know going off of that like did you start this podcast when you were working in your previous job did it you know start as a hobby you didn't know what it was going to turn into, like speak a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I had the idea to start the podcast over a full year before I actually started the podcast and I purchased my equipment. Um, at that time, I actually purchased my, the domain for my website at the time mm-hmm. and started messing around with the idea of a website and started doing like quote unquote test interviews with some friends and family and stuff. And I, then I just kind of like chickened out and let it fizzle out. Um, I things started to get difficult at work around that time. Difficult meaning just like long hours and whatever else. So because mm-hmm. of that difficulty, it was almost an excuse to like, oh, I got to like run back to work now. And, and you know, because I, I feel like even if we have a routine that we don't like, like a negative routine, it's still a routine and yeah. we're used to it and we know what it is versus something else. We don't know what it is at all. And we're naturally afraid of that. Yeah. So I, I kind of abandoned the whole podcast thing for a, about a year, over a year, um, until one day I, I, I just like picked my head up and I realized like, what am I doing? Like something's always going to be coming up at work and something is always going to be pulling me away from these things that I want to do in my life unless I very actively like go ahead and just do this. So I did something like super irresponsible, um, which is I I went ahead and quit my job to <laughs> do this podcast, which is super insane. So it's like the opposite of a hobby. It basically just was a career immediately right off the bat, but a career that pays no money. So I have been living off my life savings for a year now. Um, luckily my previous job paid all right. So I had this money in savings. I'm 30 years old now. So, you know, I had time to save up money. Um, 
but that's how all this happened. I the reason that I quit my job was a couple of things because that is a pretty darn irresponsible thing to do. So I don't like recommend that everyone does that. But I I quit my job because I knew that if my job was there, that if the podcast was not going well, that it would be very e- and let's say again things got really hectic and crazy at work, it would be very easy to just drop the podcast and mm-hmm. be like you know, I've been doing this podcast for three months now. My listenership hasn't grown at all. It's just completely stagnant. I'm just going to throw in the towel and call it quits. And because, you know, I have this other job that's yeah, paying me money. And, and by the way, things are getting crazy with this other job. So I kind of need to go back to it anyways. And then the other piece of quitting my job was to completely not have to purposefully not have a safety net. Um, when you know that there is this backup this thing that can catch you it allows the opportunity for failure Mm. a little bit more uh i i can't fail at this podcast like i I truly can't i i have no income right now like this this needs to work out so (laughs) i uh that's very scary um but it's sometimes good to have you know motivation like that in your life Mm. But again, I don't recommend that for absolutely anyone else because it is super scary sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I guess go just going off of that question, too, like what were some of the biggest risks involved with starting this podcast and, and you know, what it's developed into now and, you know, risks from the beginning versus risks now? Um, what are they and how have they changed? Uh, they've been pretty consistent in that. Like I was not the person, like I I was a fan of podcasts, Mm -hmm. you know, like I was not a journalist Uh, prior to this. um, I've like alluded to this in several episodes, but I don't think I ever made it quite clear. Uh, I was a medical device rep. So I used to work with uh, surgeons um, in hospitals and like sell them devices and work with them in surgery and stuff like that. So I went from that to starting a podcast that has absolutely nothing to do with that whatsoever. So it's like. I guess the risks were truly knowing nothing about anything. Um, so I guess hopefully that could be inspiring <laughs> to anyone that listens to this and enjoys this podcast is uh, you don't have to like know what you're going into to go and do that like at all. Um, and yeah, certainly the uh, the money thing is a risk. Um, I, I want to say this. I no time was I ever more scared about everything than right before I quit my job and made the decision that it's okay. Like I'm not going to have income and all these things. Like as soon as I actually quit, I felt so much better Mm -hmm. and basically continued to feel all right from that point forward. Um, It's things are, things are always more scary before the decision is made than afterwards. Uh, I think as, as people, we're very resilient and we work on things and we like find ways to make things happen. But, um, it's more like the unknown. That's the scary thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you like clear that up a little bit and make it known, then you're all right. Yeah. Um, the opposite of that side, like what has been the most rewarding part so far to you? Um, man, I love it so much whenever anyone writes into the show um and they and they're like hey i'm trying to figure out what i want to do like and this Mm -hmm. thing is like really helping me out i've had um like high school students write in which is the coolest thing or people in college or one of the people they wrote in a question for this um i think it was Kristen smith she was like, hey, uh, like, and Kristen has always like interacted with me a lot on my social media. Um, but she like opened up a little bit more about herself when she wrote in these questions. And she was saying, like, hey, I'm 24 and I'm in that like phase of my life where I really, I don't know like what the yeah. hell I'm doing, you know, and I don't feel like content or I, I don't know what's going on. And you're like, since I started listening to your podcast, she's about like 90% of like the episodes that I listened to. I'm like, dang, I could do like what that person does. And I love that, you know, because that's obviously the exact reason that Mm -hmm. I started this podcast. Mm -hmm. I, it will, I, one of the reasons I started it. One reason is just for people that are totally happy in their jobs. It's just super cool to learn more about the world around you. The other thing is obviously the practical application of, I was not happy in my job. Mm -hmm. 
And I was not happy in my job for a long, long time. And I, I kind of like denied that to myself a lot, you know, and be like, oh, no, it's OK. It's OK. But really, realistically, I wasn't. And the problem is that so much of the time people just say like, oh, go and do what you love, man. Yeah. You just go and like, you know, that's like all you need to do to be happy in life is just do what you love for a living. And it's like, all right, asshole, <laughs> like if you want to tell me like what I love, that'd be great because like I know that I like to play video games sometimes. I know I like to read <laughs> books. Like, do you want to just pay me to sit on my couch and read a book? Do you want to pay me to play a video game? Do you want to pay me to like for, you know, pay me to snuggle? Yeah. Pay <laughs> us to like snuggle or walk our dog or like all these things I like to do. Like those aren't going to pay me any money, you know? And, uh, like that advice is obviously great for someone like, you know, I've had people on the show that are like um, a bladesmith or a metalsmith or whatever. And it's like if you're forging knives as a hobby, it's very easy to you know tell someone like, just go for it, man, like mm-hmm. forge those knives for a living. But if you're I imagine like Kristen or if you're like I was, which is like, I don't know what I, I all I know is that I'm not happy now, mm-hmm. but I have no idea what should be the next step. Like that, that should be the ultimate purpose of this show. And Mm -hmm. it's like the ultimate thing that could make me happy is for anyone to be like, wow, dude, you actually, um, open my eyes up to this other path. That's a legitimate thing that I could do for a living that I didn't even know existed, you know? Yeah. That's so, it's so incredible. These are things that they don't teach you in college. I mean, you're kind of expected to go into college with, knowing what you want to do and having to choose like a major to study in just one or maybe a major and a minor. And that's really difficult. I mean, four years later, do you even like that thing? Um, so I think this is just, just very real. Like people just don't tell you these like real life answers. Yeah, um, totally. So it's just nice that you just kind of like are very candid and cut the bullshit and, and, and people can, can really get into what's in this job and what's in this hobby. So totally. Um, but speaking of that, so what, I mean, like where did the name half hour intern come from? Yeah. So this, this question that you just asked, uh, I know we gave everyone shout outs at the beginning because a, a lot of people wrote in the same sorts of questions. So mm-hmm. we just wanted to like say what's up to everyone at the beginning. Um, but this question was really funny. And I know that this came from Dasha, who is another person that interacts a lot on social media, which I appreciate. Um, and this question was so funny because she's like, she's like, hey, Blake, uh, what I, I like your name, half hour intern. She's like, maybe I just missed it sometime on the show. But like, I get the intern part. But like, what's with the half hour part? And, the 54 minute intern. Yeah. So just so everyone knows, like when I first saw like set out to do this, I obviously came up with the title before I was really doing interviews and stuff like that and came up with the branding and all that. So. I I assumed that 30 minutes would be appropriate to learn about someone's job and to, uh, you know, like have a conversation about it because I was I was picturing a lot more like everyday jobs like mm-hmm. um, like like being a mailman or being the guy that takes out the trash or whatever. And if I ever interview a mailman, that'll probably be about a 30 minute conversation, but maybe it won't. Yeah. I don't know. The point like so many of these jobs, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so much more that I need to learn about. And I guess I it's like I forgot I to the extent of which I am a. uh like a an informationaholic as it were and that yeah. I, I love learning about other people and like what's going on and stuff so uh i intended for them to be about 30 minute long interviews that was not the case um i'm trying to get better at that and like cut them down to about a half hour but sometimes there's just too much good stuff that i think like belongs so mm-hmm. if that's the case i leave it in so a lot of the episodes end up being longer um than a half hour um, obviously the intern piece is like, I am the intern in that situation. It's like when you're an intern at a job, you, you really do kind of just get to try that job out, you know, like nobody expects you to carry the full load as an employee and, and, and you get to that. Usually they give you like several different things to like try out while you're there and stuff. So anyways, that's kind of the idea is like, Hey, mm-hmm. in 30 minutes, we're going to like, just have this baptism of this job here and, and figure it all out. Yeah. When you're preparing for an interview, are you going in with the mindset like, I don't want to know anything about this hobby, anything about this job? I want to, you know, be as open and ask, you know, you know, the ba- like the basics um, or, or how like are you preparing? Are you researching this person, this job, um, like what goes into it and like what's your approach? 
So the approach varies depending on the episode and depending on the time frame that we're talking about. When I first started, I would do basically no research on any episode at all. No mm-hmm. interview research ever, which is really ironic because that was when I was brand new to interviewing people and I didn't know what the hell I was doing either. <laughs> and I mean, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I feel at least a little more comfortable doing it. But it's so I was like totally new and uncomfortable doing it, but I didn't want to do any research. And the reason I didn't want to do any research is because I did not want that to get in the way of asking questions from the perspective of someone that doesn't know anything about this. Because ideally, this show should be for people that don't already know about that. Like when I, like the first episode ever was bird watching. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to do any research on anything about bird watching because any questions that I, I have like should be a, a, yeah, beginner's uh, mindset. Yeah, beginner's mindset and a, a legitimate question and not something that I'm trying to manufacture and trying to remember, like, is that something that I knew already or like, you know, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And I, because I, I, I noticed so much of the time um, when when you're talking to somebody about what they do, they'll use these uh, like esoteric or like intrinsic words to their yes. job and they forget that you don't know. You know, like they they they're in it so much that they forget what it's like to be a beginner and they can't even like fathom that concept of being a beginner, you know, and I didn't want to get in the way of that at all. That being said, now a lot of the times I do do research on the topic. I don't really do or or sometimes on the person um, or, you know, whatever it is, but uh, it it depends a ton on like what the person does. So an example of Mm -hmm. that would be for an episode like the like experimental particle physicist. I definitely did some research (laughs) before that just to button up my uh, particle physics. But by the way, the reason why I did that research is because I'm really interested in particle physics. So I wanted, I I knew that there were a lot of questions that I wanted to ask, but I wanted to ask them the right way and like be able to have a conversation. Other things like if, like someone's a uh, like I interviewed a paranormal expert, like a ghost hunter, mm. basically. I don't I didn't really research ghost Great hunting accent. before that, because let me tell you, like, I have plenty of questions top of mind to ask a ghost hunter that I don't need yes. to do research to get extra questions added to my list. If anything, I'm trying to, like, cut time out of that episode, you know. So um, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it usually goes. Cool. Um and are you sending the interviewee questions ahead of time? As yeah. Well? So when I first started the show, that's another thing I used to not do at all um, because uh, sometimes I wouldn't even have questions going into the interviews. Um, and and then the t- even when I would, I would not give the questions to the interviewee because I wanted the conversation to be genuine and the answers to be genuine. I since uh, after about like 15 to 20 episodes in, I now always write out some potential topics and questions um, as kind of like a roadmap. None of it's like guaranteed to be asked. We might end up going in just a totally different direction. I don't I don't know. You know, like I want it to be a conversational interview, but I send those to the person ahead of time because I found that by far the most important thing prep wise that you can that I can possibly do for any interview is just make the person feel comfortable like that's it. There's there's no more important thing to a good interview than just making the person feel comfortable ahead of time. And so part of that is like just talking to the person ahead of time or, you know, whatever it is. But a huge part of that is sending them questions ahead of time. And whether or not we get to all those questions or whether or not we we only get to one of them, we go off on like a totally different tangent. As the interview starts, they're going to feel so much more comfortable sitting there in their seat being like, oh, okay, like I kind of think I know what we're going to talk about. Um and that didn't occur to me at first because all that occurred to me at first when I started this was like, this is what they do for a living or this is this hobby that they do every day. What is there to be nervous about? Or, you know, what uh, uh, like there's nothing that I can ask them that they don't know. Um, but there is stuff I can ask them that they don't know. Or more importantly, there's stuff that I could ask them that make them think like, oh, man, like you really stumped me. I need to think about this a lot. And then they start kind of like sweating and feeling nervous. <laughs> And that's like really right not good. <laughs> yeah. So that's really not good for the whole. Uh, and I don't want to make the other person feel like right. that. I want it to be like fun for them to come mm-hmm. on the show, you know. So, uh, yeah, now I send them questions ahead of time. Cool. Yeah. And it's like the format is, you know, a little bit different than most people are used to. I mean, people can be interviewed and it's usually written, um, whereas, you know, being recorded because could just be a little bit different. Yeah. People off. Yeah, totally. Um. Okay, back to the subject of bird watching and your very first episode. Um, somebody's question was, 
how many times have you actually tried one of the hobbies um, that you've interviewed or, you know, how often do you feel like you want to try the job or hobby of someone you're interviewing? Um, so on the job side, I'm pretty sure that this has only actually happened once. Um, almost never do I want to do what the person does for a living. I think that it all sounds totally awesome. Like there's none of the jobs where I, I think, oh, that sounds not good. They all sound great, but it's not like to the, great to the point that I will want to do it. Um, the one thing where I was like that totally blew me away was the hostel owner episode after listening to hostel owner i was like dude i might need to like open a hostel out of the house like this could be really cool i know and then i was like no (laughs) (laughs) yeah so what what was crazy about that was learning like he doesn't even own his house Mm -hmm. he's renting his house and then he rents the hostel out of the house that he's renting but now his rent and all these things are paid for it it was so interesting and when he talked about the way that it's changed his life and and all that um just so great and so interesting but so that's the only job where like i really thought about it afterwards um hobbies are literally almost every single one Mm -hmm. there's so many hobbies that i've picked up because of this um like i now have two really nice pens sitting on my desk one of them was sent to me by the pen addict guy and then i i purchased another one myself and i got these nice inks and uh i got uh discs to play disc golf i got um Man, what yeah, else have I those? gotten? I, yeah, I so I, I've gotten I've gotten into like a lot Bird of the watching. hobbies. Honestly, I would get into every single one of them if I had income. Like this is me trying to limit myself, and I've still gotten into like five or six of the hobbies when people have come on the show. It, keep in mind, I have zero dollars income but you coming have those in right Amazon now. Points. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, like it, I the hobbies I, I'm like all in. You know, I, I mm. it's so cool when someone explains their hobby to you because naturally it sounds great. You know. Cool. So the next question that someone wrote in, which podcast or interview was your favorite and why? Um, it's really hard because I, I like episodes for really different reasons. So, um, it's, it's really hard to say like a favorite, like certain episodes I like because, it's just so like weird and interesting, like like the ghost hunter one, like the paranormal expert. Certain ones, yeah, cuddle therapy. Certain ones are awesome to me for the exact opposite reason because it seems like nothing, and then it ends up being really interesting. Um, the person brings it to life, like that. Yeah, much. well, like bird watching was like the per- that's why I wanted bird watching t- to interview someone who was a bird watcher because prior to that episode, I was like dude that sounds like the most boring thing in the world like you're just watching birds and then uh, like after listening to it after uh, like interviewing her i'm like dude i think i need to start freaking bird watching and then the last kind of thing that i think makes an episode really interesting or cool is where the person talks about the job um like philosophically or spiritually or however you want to call it which is I mean, that's like right in my wheelhouse. Like I'm all about mm-hmm. that, you know? So uh, like the pen expert one, the pen addict is the perfect example of this. And that's, that is what made me buy the pens. It wasn't him saying like, pens are cool. Pens are neat. That made me want to go and get pens. It's when he talked about the way that it slows down your day to day and that it makes you like take a breather and like appreciate these things and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow, I, that would, that I would never think about that with somebody that's into pens. All I would think is like they think pens look cool or whatever, not of this like kind of philosophical shift Mm. in you as a person. And I love learning about things like that behind uh, a job or a hobby. So all that being said, I think that if I had to pick one episode as my favorite, it would probably be the one with David Massey as a pastor. Um, because A, it's long and it's spiritual and philosophical, which, as I just said, is like right in my wheelhouse. And I love that. And the other thing is, David and I don't share views on almost anything. And yet we got to sit there and have a totally nice, awesome conversation for two hours. And David wasn't offended and I wasn't offended. And I love that so much because when... It doesn't happen very often. It, a, that like never happens. It's so hard to have, you know, it's... I find it very silly and frustrating that we say things in society like, oh, don't bring up like religion or politics. But why can't we talk about those with people? And and the answer is that people get too crazy about it. Mm-hmm. Like in 
And just because that you don't share the same views as somebody doesn't mean that you need to get crazy all of a sudden when you start talking about these views that you differ on. And it was really nice that someone that is as as adamant in his views as David is to the point that he is a, a pastor at a Christian church was still totally relaxed and cool with me not having the same views as him um, and wasn't trying to like convert me over to his views and tell me why I was wrong. Um, and I wasn't trying to tell him why he was wrong. It was just like, okay, well, these are mine. Okay, well, these are mine. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and you could have a few talking points on each thing as to like why you why you thought that you were right or whatever. Um, but then you kind of move on. And uh, yeah, I really think he was the perfect person to do that episode. And and it was one that you've always wanted to do. I remember you saying, you know, you wanted to find a pastor to interview. Um, and yeah. Yeah, he was absolutely the right person. It was uh, it was really cool to to have a talk like that, and right. hopefully more people have conversations like that. We should be we should be able to talk about those topics. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't not be able to talk about those things. Yeah, that was a good example of that. You know, are there are there other jobs or hobbies along those lines that are like a little bit more controversial, or maybe not even controversial, but um, that you've been wanting to interview but just haven't found the right person or um that you haven't interviewed someone in yet. Something that's been so amazing is since I started this referrals have just been like banging down my door for like, I know someone that does this. I know someone that does this and it's been so awesome. And that's led to so many cool interviews on the show. But because of that, I have this whole like backlog of things in my head of like, Oh, I really want to interview someone like that. And I still haven't even had the chance to like hit up some of these people. Um, yeah. What are some on the top of your list right now? Oh man. Like I, I mean, I guess to your point about like, are there some that are weird or taboo that whatever, like I would love to interview like a prostitute and know what the deal with that is. Mm-hmm. I would love to interview a stripper and know what the deal with that is. Like, do you feel objectified? Do you feel like it's okay? Like, um, you know, I would love to interview a priest like that. That was like one of the first things on my list. That was one of the only ones that I did really try to go after when I first started that I was not able to get um is you know the priest one uh but that would be huge for me you know um and hopefully i could get someone like david that was like super open and cool to talking about stuff you know did you reach out to someone yeah i reached out to a couple of priests and both times it just kind of fell through i think and this is the reason that i imagine that it fell through they probably don't check their emails it will first of all that (laughs) but uh to to the point that i was saying you should be able to talk about those things I think that if there's any lesson in the conversation that I have with David that anyone can like take from that, if um, it's that when someone brings up a difficult topic, you don't have to get defensive about it. Um, Or if somebody brings up something that you did wrong, let's say you don't have to get defensive about that or something about you or whatever, you know, like if, if you have uh, a weird t-shirt on and someone's like, man, that's a weird t-shirt. You don't have to be like, hey, hey, fuck you, man. Like your response doesn't have to be like, oh, well, like, why? Why would you say that? It can just be like, yeah, it is weird, huh? Like they're commenting on your shirt. They're not commenting on you, you know? And I think too much of the time we internalize everything when somebody comments on something ancillary to us, our T-shirt, our religion, our whatever, our political system. And with a priest, I would have so many questions about like, how did the like rape scandal impact your thoughts of even being a priest were there any points of time that you no longer wanted to be a priest after that and like that you questioned your faith because of that um how have dwindling numbers in the church impacted you and stuff like that um obviously for a lot of people to that point if you say like oh how dwindling numbers impacted you i think a very political and whatever answer is to be like our numbers aren't dwindling or what, you know, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, look, man, again, like I'm not criticizing you. I'm just like, you can talk openly about whatever it is. Understanding that, um, I'm not trying to criticize, you know? So I think that, uh, uh, you know, possibly part of the reason why those fell through with the Catholic priests is obviously there's a lot, a lot of negative press and <laughs> for the Catholic Church. So when you say, can I do an interview with a priest? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What exactly do you want to talk about? And they probably don't want to use Skype either. Definitely not. That's definitely not happening. 
But I think it's, it's, yeah, to your point, it's more impactful for them to actually answer a question like, why are the numbers dwindling in a church rather than us? Like me, whoever having these like preconceived notions or judgments of like why we think perhaps the numbers are dwindling. Like it's better for him to just him or her to just come out and, and, and say totally. And so we're less judgmental going forward. Like we know more, so it's in their benefit to talk about those things. But yeah, I mean, you're so right. And, and you're so right. And didn't you try to interview a mayor too? Yeah, that was another one like right off the bat that I really wanted and that fell through as well. Um, Mayors, calling all mayors. Yeah, if you are a mayor of a city, let me know. I would love to interview you. (laughs) Okay, cool. So next question. So many good questions. Um, You may or may not know, listeners, that um, Blake has a newsletter. And this is, let's see, you just released your third newsletter. so talk a little bit more about why you even thought to make a newsletter in the first place. Um, it's I'm, I may be biased, but it's really, really awesome and thoughtful and, and funny. And you, um, yeah, I feel like you just share a lot. Um, so, yeah, why did you want to make one? Well, thank you for that. And it, I mean, like I say in that like one outro that I have recorded about like my mom really likes it. So now you just got a second glowing recommendation from my wife. So if you want to um, subscribe to that, it's on my website. But the main reason that I wanted to make the newsletter is because um, the focus of the show is obviously my guests. And that's exactly what the focus should be. Um, but I know something that that makes an experience always much more enriching for me. Um, when there's a podcast that I listen to or something that I follow in any way is when you feel like, you know, the person that's doing the thing, you know, and I know that people probably listen to this. I mean, especially after this episode, they're going to (laughs) feel, feel like they know me and they pretty much will, but I'm sure that they feel like they can kind of get pieces of me here and there from the way that I ask questions Mm -hmm. or the way I'll talk about things during episodes. But obviously the focus is always the people that I'm interviewing. So I wanted to um, have a newsletter where I could talk about things like um, philosophically or that are on my mind um, or funny or whatever um, to just give people a little bit more insight into like who I am. Um, Yeah. And uh, I think people want to know, hence why we're doing this yeah, as an episode. is that, that that then it would then when they listen to episodes after after reading these things that I put out every few weeks, it's like oh. I feel like I know that guy more now. Mm-hmm. I, I know the guy that's asking the questions and I, I know that I would like that. So anyways, that's why I did that. Cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Subscribe. Another question. Um, as you were saying before, you were a medical device rep, always listen to podcasts had never, you know, you weren't a journalist, never done pos- podcasting before. How, how did you know how to edit your episodes or like, what do you do in terms of editing? So I am basically the luckiest person in the world. A really good friend of mine is a audio engineer for a living. So I don't know how to edit the audio on my own episodes. I don't have to worry about it. His name's Frank Leon. He's like the greatest dude ever. He does it for free because I'm not making any money yet. Um, And I send him over the file and I send him notes for the episode. Like, oh, we have this long silence during this part. Frank, make me sound amazing. Yeah, Frank, make Asta sound amazing during this part. Um, So I send Frank all these notes and then Frank goes through and edits the whole thing and then he puts it back on my Google Drive and voila, I have a completed episode that sounds really nice. Frank also put together the whole intro for me. I walked around recording people saying stuff and then I um, sent him a an entire like four minute long song that I just kind of like the sound of. And Frank just whipped together this like badass intro that I love. Um, that was his first try, which like Frank's just so talented and great. Um, so if you don't have your own personal Frank Leon, (laughs) you can hit him up at, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to give you Frank's info, but if you don't have your, yeah, he's busy with mine and his own full-time job as an audio engineer. So if you don't have your own Frank, what I would do is, uh, Frank said he uses pro tools. That's probably a little bit expensive of software. If you, um, you know, are like just looking to start out. Um, I mean, GarageBand kicks ass in terms of its ability to edit things. Um, another thing that a lot of, uh, podcasters use is a program called audacity. So that would be another one to look into. 
I want to talk a little bit more about your intro song. So can you just, I want to, I want to know more. Did you, how did you think of that? So you went to the park, asked random people what they wanted to be. And then, and then like, where'd you get that song? Like, we need to know more. <laughs> so if you, if you ever want uh, music for something, you need to search for royalty free music online. So what royalty free music is, is you purchase a song one time. It's usually going to be like, I think my song was like $30 or something that I had to pay for that. But once you purchase a royalty free music song, you no longer pay royalties on it ever again. So I can use that song a bajillion times and pay nothing for it again, you know? Um, so you purchase a royalty free song and like, that's what I did with that song. I just searched and searched and searched and I liked kind of the sound of it. Thought it was like upbeat and happy, which is how I wanted the show to be. And, uh, <laughs> as opposed to sad and terrible. And, uh, and yeah, I, I was like, you know what? I think it'd be cool if I like while that song was playing, I had people in the background talking about what they want to do for a living or what they want to be when they grow up or whatever it is. So I parks are like a big thing here in San Francisco. Everyone goes to parks all the time. So I just brought um, one of my microphones to the park and I would just like walk to different people, told them, hey, I'm Blake. I'm going to be starting a podcast, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and they would say what they wanted to do for a living. And some people were just like pure gold man like the little kid that was like i want to be a fire truck driver when he said that i was just like i love you right now like i can't believe that you just said i want to be a fire truck driver that is the cutest little kid thing that you can possibly say like twuck or something like yeah super cute yeah super cute not like a fireman i just want to drive the truck other people can put out the fires i'm just driving and then the guy who's at both the beginning and the end of the episode oh, was super great. We got to find that guy. The guy who says, um, yeah, I've never seen any of these people again, by the way. So they don't know that they're on the, <laughs> that. I actually started a podcast and that they're on this podcast and what it sounds like and everything. But the guy that starts out um, by saying something about like, you know, I want to be like exactly who I am or something. And <laughs> then he ends with the sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. That guy was the man, but he talked for probably like three minutes straight. So I was walking up to people that day, just like, what do you want to be? What do you, you know, expecting everyone to be like, I want to be a beer brewer. I want to be a surfer. You know, just, yeah. One word answers, two word answers. I want to be a fire truck driver. That's three word answer. I walk up to this guy. He talked for like three minutes straight. I want to do this. And I'm just like, whoa. And so I almost didn't even send his recording to Frank because I was like, there's no like, what is Frank going to do with that? Like, but I just ended up sending Frank everything from the whole day. And that's when, you know, like the next day, Frank sent me back this freaking intro with with that guy's part, like spliced throughout the entire thing. And uh, I want to be that guy. I know, dude, I know. Drinking wine in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. And I, it's I feel like it that it all it really helps like define the show that guy's whole part, mm-hmm. because um, I love that he start that. The, the intro is started out by saying like I, I want to just be who I am right now you know because I think so much of the time especially when the idea of the show is like picking up learning new things because maybe you're unsatisfied with what it is that you have going on that you yourself are much more important than what you do um, whether that be a job or a hobby or whatever it is and to like I love I feel like it sets the right tone so much by just saying like mm-hmm. I just want to be who I am right now like that's good enough and it's okay you know um that's awesome yeah so good and then okay a little bit more on the technical side um some people would like to know how you're recording your show so are you doing them in person over the phone um i'll just go over a bunch of technical stuff here right now because i i know that <laughs> i know that list of uh technical questions in front of you so um I either do the interviews in person, like this interview right now. We both live in the same house, so obviously this is happening in person. A lot of the people that I interview are in San Francisco. Um, I'd say maybe like a quarter of the people that I've interviewed thus far have been in San Francisco. They usually will come over to the house and do it in the office here um, in like my little makeshift studio in the office. So if I can, I'll do it in person. If I can't do it in person, I do it over Skype and it really needs to be Skype for any, uh, uh, like potential podcasters out there. Um, the call quality on Skype is 
a ton better than the call quality on FaceTime. And it's strange because when you're actually having a FaceTime call, it sounds just as good. But something about when you record it, it just doesn't come out the same way. I don't know why it is. Um, And I've had to do FaceTime once or twice and it's just never is good. So um, I use Skype for the um, the other calls where people are other areas in the in the country. And is that free? P.S. Yeah. Skype. Totally free. Um, And I usually do the. I'll like do a video call at the beginning just to like so they can see me face to face and like know I'm a real person and I can introduce myself and then but then I call them back with an audio only call which will increase the audio quality just a little bit more having it be audio only and then you use a piece of software made by a company called Ecam E C A M M obviously I'll be putting links up to all this stuff on the show notes um but it's just called Call Recorder by Ecamm. And you can buy a call recorder for Skype and you can buy a call recorder for FaceTime or you can buy them in a package together. Um, but uh, yeah, you just hit record and that's that. People can, like a, a thing that's popular that you'll see online is people talk about having the guest record locally on their own computer and then send you the file later. I found that that's so much more trouble than it's worth. Um, it, it's... Uh, it, it, trying to walk people through that and everything is, is just a big pain in the butt. And I, I think that the, that the quality of the audio on my shows for my guests is fine. And so that's the other piece in terms of quality of audio. You really want to um, have your guests use headphones. Um, so I always recommend a lot of people have iPhones. So I always just say, just go ahead and plug in the, the headphones that came with the iPhone. You need them to use some sort of headphones that have a microphone on them, which is just such an unbelievable difference in audio quality even if it's just the crappy little microphone in the built you know it's built into the headphones of the iphone um headphones because otherwise their computer is going to be picking up all this ambient noise from all over their their microphone on their computer because they're what three feet away from their computer two feet away from their computer so the microphone needs to be really sensitive to pick up them talking from three feet away obviously if they have that little tiny dangling cord mic really close to their mouth the microphone needs to be much less sensitive which means it's picking up less room noise and it's picking up mostly just them talking which is like obviously the most important thing for sound quality is like how much other extraneous noise are we picking up here? Um, so that's really the, uh, long and short of how you would want to go about podcasting. I know somebody else asked about microphones and all that kind of stuff. I'll go ahead and put up links to the site right now. I'm recording on an audix I five. Um, you Asta are recording on a, audio technica 2100 Ooh. uh and then when i do my skype calls i do a blue yeti um honestly any of these could be switched in any different order and it would sound 98 percent the same um and uh the cheapest microphone that you could do that would actually take care of all of it would be the audio technica and that's what Asta's on right now it always sounds super great it's only 60 dollars, and it's both an xlr cable mic and a usb mic and they give you both a usb cable and an xlr cable so no matter your setup, you can use that mic. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're thinking about if you're thinking about trying out a podcast, I'd recommend just going inexpensive first. And those mics are phenomenal. Okay, this is one of my favorite questions that someone wrote in, and it is, "What would you tell your 24 year old self if you could go back and give yourself some career advice?" So, <laughs> I would uh, I would tell myself a lot of things let's see here um so the first thing that i would tell myself is to basically just sacrifice my entire 20s and just try to do cool awesome shit all the time like don't take yourself so seriously don't worry about it i was so set on like i need to have everything i need to already be saving money and already have all these things happening and like you know, be ready to buy my house by the time I'm like 20, which I still don't own my own home, by the way, side note. Luckily, I never did purchase my own home because it allowed me to start this podcast. And and luckily, I guess I did think that seriously about everything because it allowed me to have savings in the bank that allowed me to start this podcast. <laughs> that being said, I would tell my younger self, like, dude, just don't worry so much. Don't take it so seriously. Just go ahead and like screw your 20s. Try to do all this different cool stuff. Figure it out. And in your 30s, like then just kind of pick, you know, um, because like you said, most people are picking at such an earlier age when you don't you've never tried any of these different things. So how do you know if that's something that you would like, which I guess gets to 
the more important piece of advice that I would give, which is to, I would really look at a career the way that people should look at, at being in a relationship. Um, which is to say, you really need to look at the core of who you are, like your, um, what people would call like a, like personal culture and ethics and like whatever else and just like who you are really really deep down in your core and your soul and try to find a job that really 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 lines up with that um with the things that you're going to be doing every single day because i think what a lot of people do in relationships which leads to a very high divorce rate which leads to unhappy relationships is and this is exactly what i did when i sought out um being a medical device rep which is a great job by the way um is people look for things that are good on paper so if you're if you're going to go out on a date with somebody it's like okay this guy he's tall he's got dark hair he's got blue eyes he's you know this that like and he like always calls his mom on mother's day and he writes letters and what you know like he's super sweet but then you hang out with the person and it's just not there and something about it is not there and you don't know why it is, but it's not. And you can tell, but it, like it, it, but maybe you keep on dating the person because it's good on paper, you know, and you feel fortunate to have this thing that's good on paper. Good on paper is irrelevant if at your core you are not connected to that person. And I think a career is basically the exact same thing. That you need to be it, it can't just be good on paper like for me being a medical device rep could not have possibly been more good on paper it pays well it offers a lot of freedom uh it lets you talk to people it lets you learn a ton it lets you go in on surgeries with doctors and like wear scrubs all day which is great and comfortable and do like these super interesting cases and stuff like that um but I cannot tell you how uncomfortable I would feel in a sales environment day to day. Meanwhile, like I, I constantly like sell things to my friends. I'll, like if there's like a new a new uh, thing that I'm into. For that matter, every every edition of my newsletter so far, I've, I have like a stuff I'm into right now, and I'm literally always like selling my friends on things that they should be buying. Um, like, and that's another thing on paper. Like on paper. I'm a good salesman, but I feel very uncomfortable when I'm being paid to sell something and it's something that I have to do. And that, that is like a something that's in my soul, in my spirit. And it makes me feel very uncomfortable. And so to be doing that every day, obviously is any, any of that other on paper stuff of like flexibility and good pay does not outweigh the core of, I feel actually uncomfortable on a day-to-day basis while I'm mm. doing this. Right. And um, I think people, like I would go back and tell my 24-year-old self and I would tell most people to do, I guess, a little bit more soul-searching with your job. Those things should really, really, really line up with, with your with your soul and your spirit. Okay, let's go ahead and wind this thing down. Where does Blake Fletcher see himself in three years? Uh, I don't actually well not not to say like i'm not going to exist on this planet i hope i'm still here three years from now me too um but that's been if you remember when i said earlier about the most scared that i was was like before i quit and then after i quit it was okay um i i don't know it's just not something that i think about i don't i don't worry about where i'm going to be in three years or five years or ten years or anything like that I will be where I am and it's going to be okay, you know? And I think that as long as you focus on what, so this is another thing that always made me feel kind of uncomfortable in my prior job and not just my prior job as a medical device rep, like every prior job I've ever had. I felt like there was this disconnect with me culturally and the work world at, at large, <laughs> which is things like, all right, guys, we need to be goal setting and this and that. Like I'm a super like driven, motivated person and I love setting, I'm like competitive with myself and I love, you know, making little like challenges for myself and whatever else. But I, I don't know. Like I honestly think that kind of the whole entire, um, goal setting two years out, three years out, whatever is kind of bullshit. Like I, I don't connect with that at all 
personally and philosophically and spiritually. And so much of that is, is probably because of my connection in the past few years to like Wayne Dyer and stuff like that. But I feel like if you are focusing on your day today Mm -hmm. and doing the best that you could do today, which is good for so many reasons, not the least of which is to have a sense of awareness, to have a sense of present mindedness, to decrease your amount of anxiety because you're not thinking in the future, you're thinking in the present to have a sense of realism that you're like problem solving for right now and what should be happening right now. Your ship will steer itself in a good direction if you're worried about what's going on right now. Um, yeah, just like the guy in your intro says, you know, yeah, be where yeah, right now, totally. And if you if you take care of the things that you can take care of today and take care of what you want to today, I think that tomorrow will kind of take care of itself. I think that we in America specifically have this society and have been bred to think that you need to plot this exact course and that's how you end up happy is because you set this course and then you achieve this goal and that's what happiness is. Make sure it looks good on paper. Totally. And that is total bullshit. First of all, the only way to be happy is to be living it right now, presently, and connecting with the things that you want and that you care about and that connect to you right now. And if you're doing that literally every day, Does it really matter where you're at three years from now as long as every day you're doing the things that you care about and that you believe in and that connect with you and that make you happy right then? Then fuck your goal for three years from now because, by the way, to the the point of kind of this show and and like the screwed up path that I was on that a lot of people get on is you set yourself a goal – of like, oh, I, w- I need to be a medical device rep. Then you become one and all of a sudden you're not connected to it. And it's like, wow, I just worked the past four years to do this. And now it's not even what I wanted. So this idea of like, okay, that's exactly where I'm going to want to be in three years. Like, I don't know, like, did, uh, d- did your three year old, uh, three years older than you right now self come back in time and tell you that that's what you want three years from now? Cause like, you don't know where you are three years from now, you know? Yeah. There is a thousand little individual events that could impact your life in such a way that they literally change who you are as a person, the things that you want, the things that you care about. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really thinking about where things are in three years. Trying not to, I should say. I don't mean to sound like all any of that is easy. Um, I, I, I frequently wonder where I'm going to be at in three years, but I try very hard That's not to think about it. And it's exactly, it's why I meditate. And it's, it's, it's not definitely not something I have planned out just because I wonder about it mm-hmm. is not like, Oh, this is definitely what I want in three years. I don't know. I assume that three years from now will be good. I, I hope it will be because I'm, I'm, we'll I'm worried about making today good. good. Yeah. We'll be together. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. And so, you know, like all of your other episodes, usually finish off with a piece of advice. So um, if you could give your listeners one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, if you want to start a podcast, I, I went over briefly some of the podcasting advice, um, the technical stuff. But I've had a few people that I know that wanted to start podcasts after I started one. Feel free to just shoot me over an email if you ever want to start a podcast because I have now like put together a couple documents for people. Um, I can just go ahead and send you notes and stuff like that. So I don't have to go over all the boring podcast details right now for everyone that doesn't want to hear it. Um, what about starting your own business? Yeah. So that that would probably be the main piece of advice that I would, want, that I would give is, is honestly like you you just need you just got to do it man you just got to do it like it, nothing nothing is as scary as you think it is going to be ever uh i forget who it is that has the great quote of um like there's i i i've had like so many like fears in my mind or something and and only a few of them have like ever actually happened and this is the way that we live our lives is we have we carry so much anxiety of like what ifs and what if this and what if this and like one percent of those things ever actually come to fruition so if you're thinking about uh about like following your own path and like leaving stuff that you know behind to follow your own path there is no greater, more character building thing to do than doing that. There is no 
greater upside in the world than to actually land in a job that you connect with and that on that deeper level that I was talking about that you connect mm. with really as a person and that you feel like, wow, like this really is something I could do every single day. It's like no greater feeling than having something like that. And oh, yeah. And you're your own boss. Yeah. And you're your own boss. And as I said, like, I think that we're all we're all much more resourceful than we give ourselves credit for. Um, like you'll you'll find a way to make it happen. You know, I think the. I think the number one thing that I struggle with in life, but that I've worked very hard on the past few years is taking things too seriously. And like you just mentioned meditation and stuff like that's one of the things I've used to combat that. Um, And in still being here a year after I quit my job and that this is still okay and that it's, uh, I'm not like freaking out. Um, there's no there's no greater advice that anyone I think could ever give anyone else than to like just just chill out. Just chill out, man. Like it's it's all gonna be okay, you know? And Too blessed to be stressed. And uh yeah, like you only you only have this one shot it it this one life. Like you're only gonna have this one amazing journey of your life once. So if your options are it it was safe, but I had like a nice house and I always had a comfortable vehicle to drive around in and blah, blah, blah. But I felt, but I felt safe the entire time financially and stuff. If that's one option and the other option is like, well, I don't know what things are going to happen to me financially, but I'm going to try really hard to do all this super cool shit. That has to be your choice, right? That has to be your choice. If someone told me, like, you get two chances at living, you're going to have two lives, you're going to be reincarnated. I might do one one time and one the other time, but knowing that you only have one life, or I don't know, maybe we will get reincarnated. I have no idea. But most likely, you're not going to get reincarnated. This is your only chance. Like, you you ha- you have to do whatever it is. Like, you, you have to. You just have to. There's no two ways around it. So... It's not really advice. I don't know. What was that Wayne Dyer quote that that you had mentioned um, when you had first started this? It was, it was something like, "Don't get to the end of your life with." Yeah. So that was that was actually um, that was a big thing that is one of the reasons that that made me quit my job. Uh, So I'm glad you just said that. Uh, So on one of the Wayne Dyer. Uh, audio presentation things that I listen to. There's nothing I could possibly... Re- I'm going to put a link to this on the website. Yes. There's nothing I could possibly recommend more than this four-part audio series of, of Wayne Dyer's. It's these presentations that he gave. And this one has four different presentations. And it's absolutely amazing. And one of the things... One of the principles that he talks about is don't die with your music still inside you. And I, when I when I heard him say that, and then he t- you know goes on to talk a lot about it, when I heard him say that, it was when I was thinking about how kind of unhappy I was in my job and thinking about how, and this, I guess, leads to some unhappiness that I feel, I, I feel like there's these other things that I could be doing that are good that I'm not doing, right? That's, that's time wasted as well. And that's, that's your life wasted, more or less. I think everyone has these skills that they're gifted and that they could like bring to the table to do a particular thing. And if you have like some some sort of music inside you, whatever it is, like this thing that you want to do, this thing that you want to try, this thing that you feel like you are, you cannot die with your music still inside you. Like to to do so would be unthinkable. I another another quote that he that he says in that exact when he's talking about the don't die with your music still inside you is I forget what book it's from, but it's this man on the the book ends with this man on his deathbed and he basically says what if my whole life has been wrong like what if i live this all wrong and what worse fate could there possibly be than being on your deathbed and thinking like what if i did it wrong like and the only way to know that you won't have that feeling is to at least try um, Mm. something. And it might be scary as hell for a while, but there's a 100% chance that somehow, some way you'll land back on your feet. You might end up back with the job that you had before, like whatever, you know, 
but at least you tried and then you won't be on your deathbed thinking like, what if I did this all wrong? And I think that if you try to play everything too safe your entire life, um, there is a, a very legitimate chance of having that feeling mm. of I never, I, I have this music inside me that I never got to let out. So, yeah. Let it out. Let it out, man. So good. Yeah. Thanks so much, Blake. Dude, thank you, this babe. This is awesome. Love you. I love you. Bye. Hey everyone, that's it. That is the episode about me. If there were questions that weren't asked that you still have for me, feel free to write me an email through my website. And I just really quickly wanted to say thank you so much to all of you for listening to the show. Um, as you now know, like I, I quit my job to do this and I have no safety net. So it just means so much. Like anybody that listens to the show still means so, so, so much to me. And uh, I like want to just say thank you as well to my wife for doing this interview and for being the most supportive person um, with this whole business and this whole process. And Frank for doing this for free for me, helping me out. And to my mom, who is like the most incredibly supportive, loving mom in the world and always wants to know everything about the podcast. And it's like my number one fan and uh, the rest of my family too. Everyone has just been so great and loving and supportive, um, which obviously makes stuff like this a lot easier. So, um, but yeah, most importantly, thank all you guys. It it seriously, it just blows me away that I have anyone (laughs) that listens to this. So um, really appreciate it. And uh, I hope to keep you guys interested for years to come. Thanks. Take care.